0: hi welcome to encounters on our planet i'm glad you made it as usual thank you for your time your time is a gift and i appreciate you choosing to share it with me encounters is a safe space i'm creating for us to have conversations about everything we encounter as we navigate life and i mean everything there's nothing off limits there's nowhere we want to dive into so stick around and i hope you enjoy this episode How are you? How are you doing? How is your evening, morning, afternoon, whatever time you're listening to this? I hope you're doing fine. I hope everything is going on okay for you. For me, I'll be honest and I'll just say that I'm coping. It's been quite a week. The way my life has been set up this week, I'm just coping. This week's episode is kind of personal to me. I feel like I say that about every other episode, but I'm, I'm being honest. It's about mental health and I'll just take a moment to give a trigger warning if topics about suicide, anxiety, depression, self-harm trigger you, feel free to sit this episode out or just skip to the end segments. As I said before, I have had my own encounters with mental health issues. I've struggled here and there with a few things. I have encountered anxiety. I have encountered self-harm. I've encountered depression. I'm recovering and I'm healing. I really did want to make mental health a conversation and like less stigmatized because many times, these things are mentioned and the room goes cold and silent or you say you have an issue then you're labeled as that I've been labeled as a self-harm person by a few people before in my life and I'm grateful that the conversation of mental health is being had more nowadays and we're more keen about self-care and more keen about taking care of our minds and our inner state of being I can't cover everything about mental health in one episode I'm just gonna give an overview then we'll get into specific issues later on we're just gonna take a moment just define mental health i'll talk about a few disorders and why it's important to be educated about these things and how you can help other people around you who have these issues if you have none of these issues a bit about mental health in kenya as usual i started with a simple google search what is mental health we have to take our time to define it many of these things we actually learn them in medicine it's not a facade it's not an illusion it's actually real these things exist that's why the psychiatrists there's medications there's um psychologists because these things are real after my google search i compiled various definitions i feel like i'm gonna create an Ikita dictionary because every time i google all these things i always combine them and come tell you guys so i feel like at a point no not an ikita dictionary an encounters dictionary Ooh. I'm just going to give you my summary, my condensed version of it. Mental health is a person's condition in regards to their psychological, emotional, and sexual well-being. It influences and affects our cognition. Cognition is how we think, perceive, and feel. It influences our actions and our behaviors. It also determines how we relate to others, our interpersonal relationships, and how we handle stress. It is a state of mental well-being. This state helps us to cope with stress, to relate well with others, help us to learn In one of the subjects we study... We were defining health. As we defined health, it's not merely the absence of diseases. So similarly, mental health is not the absence of mental disorders. It is a state of mental well-being. And in each person, mental health is experienced differently. Your mind, your emotions, and how you are socially with others. As I said in a previous episode, our quality of life is often measured by our interactions and our relationships with other people. Another key point is how we handle stress and the kills of life. That well-being enables us to handle those moments because life is like we will always face things we have challenges thrown at us here and there what is mental health awareness it's different from mental health so mental health awareness is simply a reminder that mental health is essential that state of well-being is essential and that those people living with mental health disorders are equally deserving of care understanding compassion mental health awareness just creates a pathway to help to hope to healing and to recovery of people with mental issues or disorders people who have these issues are not less than they're not weak you're not better than them you can ask yourself how is your mental health take a moment pause how is your mental health are you functioning effectively productively in your activities work school giving care being there for people are you forming healthy relationships are you having and maintaining healthy relationships by relationships i mean friendships work relationships relationships with your classmates all those and how is your ability to cope with adversity or stress and how is your ability to adapt to change ask yourself that okay you know what in fact i'll wait okay cool interesting thing about three-fourths that 75% of mental illnesses begin by the age of 24 and 50% of them begin by the age of 14. So that shows you how important our lives are at this point because that's the stage we're in in our 20s. And I know my sister is going to be listening to this and she's a teenager, so also that age. It's the formative place where mental health issues begin. So it's really important for us to check in on ourselves and check in on the people around us. But regardless, mental health issues do not discriminate age gender income race status they affect everybody and they take many forms some are mild some people are able to cope with them amazingly for some people it's more severe and crippling that they need treatment or being in an institution i said before that i have been in therapy and thing is like it just became evident to me at the point that i need help and before i never asked for help but it just became evident to me recently that i needed help like some form of professional help it was not easy before we even go to talk about mental health in kenya in our culture society it's very kind of taboo or not even normal to talk about these things like in other countries in the western culture because we really associate it with weakness or some people even evil spirits you know we are going to be parents someday or aunties and uncles someday so it's kind of important that we learn how to do this right now so that we don't be the same as our parents before us. Of course, we love our parents. We appreciate all they've done with the resources they had, but it doesn't mean that we can't do better in that area. It's important from a young age to make sure that children are taken care of mentally, baby adults, us, are taken care of mentally before we become nasty human beings in the future. Because some people don't even know they struggle with these things. They just walk around projecting their inner demons in very many ways. According to WHO, World Health Organization, there's some things that are determinants. These are just the things that they defined to determine the state of mental well-being or to be risks to our state of mental well-being. There's multiple factors, there's individual factors, there's social factors, there's structural factors and even these may combine. They can undermine or protect our mental health or maybe shift the state of our mental health because mental health is not one straight line we can be healthy one time just like any sickness you can be healthy next thing you're in hospital it's a continuous process there's some individual psychological factors like how your emotional skills are your intellectual skills are There's biological factors there's how your body is set up your physical health long-term physical health conditions can also play with your mental health even genetics can make you more vulnerable to some mental health problem it's you they involve you you can handle your stress properly you can form healthy relationships you can interact well you can perform your tasks and your responsibilities well those could be risks or they could be advantages there's unfavorable social economic political geographical environmental circumstances poverty debt violence inequality and we even have environmental deprivation because it's like a given clear fact that nature can even help so much from something simple as lifting a bad mood or helping people with their mental health illness. And you know, the environment which you live in actually is a risk for your physical health and your mental health. Yeah, these social economic factors increase people's risk of experiencing mental health conditions and discrimination and stigma are big on that list. And I saw it so many times that so many issues come from this. These risks can also manifest in different stages of life but most of them occur in childhood when you're developing harsh parenting physical punishment bullying those things undermine a child's mental health trauma abuse neglect undermine us when we're kids thing with trauma sometimes that we undergo as kids is that many times it's unprocessed i read summer that trauma doesn't show up as a memory it shows up as a reaction you'll have some unprocessed trauma in your life and it will not be a memory it's gonna be a reaction to something else that you encounter and it causes you to react to such different topic anyways then there's things that protect us and boost our mental health and they strengthen our resilience um they could be good emotional skills and attributes positive social interactions good quality of education a decent workspace living in a safe neighborhood a cohesive community it's the opposite of the risk factors both can be a different skills they can coexist. You could even be living in those amazing environments, relationships, but still have mental health issues. There's things that, even on a global level, can increase the risk of mental health issues on a larger scale. Economic downturns, disease outbreaks like. COVID really affected almost everybody's mental health all around the world. It's been a common thing. There's humanitarian emergencies like war. There's even the climate crisis. There's forced displacement. Even globally, we have threats to our mental health as a population, as a collective. That's why it's also important to educate ourselves on an unselfish scale, not just for you, but for the whole world. There's people who have resilience and do not develop mental health conditions despite being exposed to serious risk factors and there's people with no risk factors living a nice life but still develop mental health conditions either way the things i've just mentioned they interact and they can take different forms in different people many times it's a series of things and it has multiple linking causes and i'm gonna go Med student Antonio, for some disorders like anxiety or depression, it's actually a lot to do with brain chemistry because there's some receptors and neurotransmitters. Neurotransmitters are the chemicals that transport information within your nervous system. So for some people, these things are lacking or the receptors are low or overreactive and it causes people to act a different way, different manifestations of mental health illnesses. That's why we actually study them so we can see the scientific underlying problem. Brain chemistry also has a lot to do with mental health. That's why I also mentioned physical environments because some things can be, as a result, it could be side effects from medications. Again, I want to iterate that most mental health disorders develop in adolescence and early adulthood. So now that you have touched a bit on that, we're going to talk about mental health issues and mental illnesses. According to psychiatry.org.org, there's an article that said, mental illness refers to collectively all diagnosable mental disorders and health conditions involving significant changes in thinking, emotion, mood, and behavior involving distress and or problems functioning in social, work, or family-related activities. It encompasses anything that causes significant changes in how we think, behave, and feel. As we define mental health is a state of being that influences our way of thinking, our perceptions, our feelings, our actions, and behaviours. So anything that is significantly changing that, the quality of your social interactions, of how you appear to people, how you are outwards is also an important factor in determining the quality of your mental health because you're as good as how you show up. Ooh, that's a nice quote. Uh, There is a handbook used by healthcare professionals to help and identify mental health illnesses and it's called the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual for Mental disorders it's called the dsm-5 you don't need to know this but i'm just gonna tell you okay diagnostic and statistical manual of mental disorders dsm-5 currently according to dsm-5 there are nearly 300 mental disorders lifted in different categories 300 mental disorders there are so many i can't go into details of all these 300 mental conditions yeah mental health issues are a medical condition just like any other if not more important because the brain is a very integral organ that is responsible for so much. I'm sorry, I'm going doctor on you guys, but it's such an important organ. Anyways, I'm just gonna mention some groups of disorders to give you an overview, and maybe you can identify them if you've heard of them or if you know someone who's suffering from them or if you yourself are suffering from them. But most commonly, there's mood disorders like bipolar affective disorder, simply bipolar, where someone has alternating moods of elevation or mania, then depression, like it goes high and low. Then there's depression itself. And and depression is not just a feeling of being sad it looks different for everyone when i was depressed i was still going out going to school going to be with my friends it looks different for everyone and it doesn't mean that if someone is depressed you just have to be crying in their bed for some people it looks like that for some people it looks like going out and doing the exact opposite there's anxiety disorders there's a difference between anxiety and anxiety disorders anxiety is just like being nervous about a situation anxiety only lasts as long as the situation that causes you to be nervous if you're going for an interview you can be anxious if you're about to do an exam you could be anxious if your wife is about to deliver a baby you could be anxious anxiety disorders last longer and they're triggered even by small things anxiety disorders include panic disorders phobias and even ocd ocd is obsessive compulsive disorder obsessive is intrusive thoughts that you tend to obsess over compulsive means that these thoughts make you have compulsive actions repetitive actions then we have personality disorders like borderline personality disorder psychotic disorders like schizophrenia and psychosis schizophrenia is actually quite normal and people mistake it for a split personality but it's a thought disorder it alters your perception of reality many times manifests as people having hallucinations having delusions and just an altered sense of reality that's schizophrenia. You can learn more about cheese. Yeah I'm calling it cheese because that's what I do I shorten things. There's eating disorders there's anorexia, there's bulimia there's binge eating, there's also a difference between eating disorders and disordered eating and that's why there's also experts in this area. There are trauma-related disorders like PTSD which is post-traumatic stress disorder as a response to a traumatic event, could be an accident, a car accident, assault, abuse, war and war-related events, torture, natural disasters, global pandemics, all can cause PTSD. Substance abuse disorders and addiction disorders are also classified as mental illnesses addiction and tolerance have a lot to do with your mind and then um there's behavioral and emotional disorders in children that is a category by itself because there's things that kind children like i know adhd starts most commonly in childhood then there is dissociation and dissociative disorders where someone is disconnected from reality and depersonalizes people and things no personal connections is actually also a mental disorder then we have attention deficit hyperactivity disorder where someone has a deficit in attention they can't focus they're hyperactive they're impulsive and adhd is short for that those are just a few issues and mental health disorders there's always an ongoing conflict about what is and isn't a mental disorder there's people who don't even consider mental health illnesses as illnesses and they are not just a construct of social norms and expectations or just illusions they have biological and psychological bases i feel like um i'm making a presentation this is what this feels like. I feel like I'm in front of a class making a presentation. Yeah, I uh, just want to touch a bit on mental health in Kenya. In the first episode, I said one day I'm going to become a mental health advocate, not just as a credential, but as a voice to speak for those who need it and to make people more aware, gently, in a very gentle and loving way. You get me. So I found it interesting that the government of Kenya does not have a budget for mental health. There is a mental health act, but there is no budget. I'm not going to go into the whole budget thing because I'm not into politics at all. A task force in 2019, 2020 was formed by the Ministry of Health to investigate the mental health issue. So this task force for mental health actually suggested that mental health should be declared a national emergency of epidemic proportions. In an article by the government of Kenya, health.go.ke says that majority of Kenyans associate mental health and mental illness with negative narratives like evil, leading to low focus on the importance and benefits of mental health and well-being. That's what they Apart from this task force said. In Kenya, it is estimated that one in every 10 people suffer from a common mental disorder. The number increases to one in every four people among patients attending routine outpatient services. So there's one in 10 people suffering from a common mental disorder. And this number increases now the patients who are receiving outpatient services in hospital. In every four patients, one of them is experiencing a mental disorder. That's 25% of patients and that is that's not a small number the fact that there's so much stigma around it it's almost taboo to be talking about it in your house or saying you're depressed we see those memes of when you tell an african parent you're depressed it's a joke it's taboo It's associated to evil and it's sad that some of our parents don't take such issues into light. We have people close to us committing suicide and then at first we're like, I didn't even know, but you saw some red flags. You saw some signs, but you didn't dig into that. And I was talking about it with my mom the other day and she said there's stigma on both the victim side and their family and the close friends side. Let's make it a point to get out of those mentalities, to break free of such toxic conditioning that mental health issues are associated with evil. According to an article by Nation.Africa, it says that the suicide rate for men is three times higher than that of women. Figures from WHO show that the suicide rate per 100,000 people in Kenya is 7. In that rate, 11 are men and 3 are women. Actually, they ripples to the whole world. It's a common theme that I saw in various places being talked about and written about. And females tend to seek help more than men. But that's something to think about. If you have a man in your life, and I don't know who said, but men are held to this expectation that they're supposed to be strong and having mental health issues is weak and you can't ask for help. You can't be seeing a therapist. You can't say, I'm depressed or I'm sad. You can't cry because you're a man. It's like so that we think that of men while a man is just a human being. In the same article, a psychologist, Kenyan psychologist named Job Watene, also attributes the difference between male and female suicide rates to the many support systems and relationships women have among themselves and their willingness to seek help from friends and medical experts women talk more between themselves about health and other issues compared to men they are also more willing to seek medical assistance as compared to men a great number of patients we have are women he says yeah the psychologist knows what he's saying It's very common for girls to have those friendships and circles. And in those circles, they talk about everything. You know, help doesn't necessarily mean checking into a hospital. Help can also be talking to a friend be like, hey, today I'm feeling this and that. And women are more likely to lean into the relationships around them, to lean on their spouses, to lean on that. But men, even in their friend groups, I don't want to get into that, but even in their friend groups... They don't go deep into those issues because no man wants to seem weak, especially in the company of other men. Most men don't talk about it like that as women do. It's okay to talk about these things. It's okay to have depression. It's okay to have anxiety. It's even actually more, if anything, attractive to be vulnerable. It's okay to be soft. It's okay to embrace those emotional parts of you. It's okay to cry when something is too hard. It's okay to admit that you're overwhelmed. It's okay to talk to someone about it. it's okay to journal if you're a man. I know me saying this doesn't correct everything but if you're close to a million in your life check in on them create that atmosphere so that they can open up and something that kind of broke my heart when I was reading is when men commit suicide the methods that they use to commit suicide are much more dangerous and much more let me say lethal than women. When someone is reaching that point it has more heaviness to it because of the way it's done and that's just sad. In the same article by nation africa the same psychologist mr watane advises people to be self-aware and to pay attention to sudden changes in thoughts and behaviors he encourages people who suspect that they or someone they know have a mental illness to seek early treatment and to keep tabs on any changes in their general health to minimize any chances of relapse Mm, this mr watane he is speaking facts that's why it's important to educate ourselves so you can pay attention to your own sudden changes in thoughts and behaviors. And if you see someone near you have such sudden changes, encourage them to seek early treatment. And if you really believe someone is in imminent danger, seek help. The person may not appreciate it, by the way. The person may not appreciate you saying that, hey, this person needs help. But in that moment, you have to care for them more than trying to maintain a good friendship and just allowing them to go down this stream. Have an intervention. Do something if you really think someone is going down a dangerous path. Just keep tabs on that change, on your changes in general health. Because as you've said, there's chances of relapse. Like with me, anyways, you can be okay and not okay the next day. Of course, we know it, but it really is. Real And it's not talked about. It's not addressed. And that's sad. No, that's heartbreaking. Yeah, moving on swiftly. We learn about diagnosis a lot in med school of different things. So it can be confusing when a problem with your mood and thinking crosses that line of being a mental health concern. It's normal to have sad moods. It's normal to have depressive moods. It's normal to be in an anxious state. And that's why it's important to know yourself and know what's normal, what's within a normal boundary for you and what's not so that when these problems start to get in the way of normal functioning most times we don't recognize it ourselves the people around us recognize sometimes when they tell us we also get offended but it's really just someone close to you noting that there's an issue so if you see that your depressive moods or your sad moods or your mood is really causing you frequent stress frequent problems in your daily life, in school, at work, in your relationships. It's time to consider that it may be becoming more of an issue than just a state. Many mental health conditions mimic other physical health conditions and many physical conditions are manifestations of mental health conditions. One really common one is like any problem with your gut, headaches or things like that could be a manifestation of those issues. So that's why you can't diagnose yourself. Also, you can't just overlook it. Sometimes you go to a doctor and some doctors ask you questions that are outside the scope but they know what they're doing because some of these issues are related they merge with the physical conditions and almost any doctor will always tell you reduce the amount of stress because we had like a whole topic of stress we find what stress is we have symptoms of stress and the things it can cause and it's again very bad for your gut causes things like ulcers and just digestive problems some illnesses may require a full physical evaluation as I've said there's many of them connected to your brain chemistry those neurotransmitters those receptors and at the same time just because you've been diagnosed doesn't mean you're gonna be depressed forever it's just to clarify what is going on if you have a broken leg you think you'd still walk to work no you'd go to hospital so why can't you go to hospital if you have something affecting your daily and normal functioning in a mental way yeah different forms of treatment are available every individual will need a different type of treatment there's no uniform sign there's no uniform symptom there's general pointers but it varies from person to person and that's why again it's important to educate yourself it's important to know what's normal for you and what's not like for me i don't know if i've always had anxiety i know that it's really heightened when I came here and if you know you know anxiety is like your mind running at a thousand kilometers per hour and having unreal sometimes real fears it looks different from person to person educate yourself know yourself observe the people around you be keen on those changes before I talk about caring for a person with any mental health issue we're going to talk about the treatments so treatment wise and something as simple as seeing your primary care provider your primary care provider is just a doctor when you walk into a hospital and the first person you go see or just the person you first tell my stomach is aching that's a primary care provider or it could just be going straight to a mental health professional it's different for everyone some people are going to need psychotherapy which is the talking therapy and the counseling some people need medication some people need a combination some people don't even need this self-help is very useful support groups are very useful self-help it's you knowing that have this problem and you going an extra mile and doing various things to fix it could be lifestyle changes like your nutrition exercise and movement also are important and i'm not saying go to the gym and lift 100 kgs movement is simple as taking a walk every day could be going to the gym to just run on the treadmill it's simple as going on YouTube and searching something, some yoga practices. It could be anything. Movement is whatever you want it to be. Sleep can also help support recovery. Those are important things. And treatment is different. I can't tell you about diagnosis and treatment because I'm yet to be a licensed healthcare professional. And I don't want to give misleading information on such a delicate topic. These things vary for everyone. I'm not here to diagnose you. I'm just here to shed some light. If you're in a position to advocate it for others use that voice if you have a voice project it into the last part, caring for a loved one or someone close to you. The first most important thing you can do is first take care of yourself so you can show up for others to the best of your ability. Charity starts from home. You can't perform an empty cup. So you have to take care of you first to show up for people. I really went wrong in this because, you know, guys that I love to be, the always their friend. And many times I was not watering my own cup. I was not watering my own plants. That is metaphorical. I was not watering myself but I was busy showing up from others so I just kept on taking more from myself. In planes they always advise you in case of an emergency what you do first you wear your oxygen mask first before you help the person next to you. You can't help the person next to you if you don't have your own oxygen mask on because you're gonna die and you won't even be able to help anyone else. So wear your own oxygen mask first before you go help others. Second best thing you can do is educate yourself. I know it's like, where would you go to find out about these things if they have nothing to do with you? But it's really important so that when you meet someone who already knows that they've been diagnosed with something, it doesn't have to be weird. I have a friend who encountered someone with ADHD and they didn't know what ADHD is. They had to go educate themselves so they can know how to handle this situation. When someone tells you they're depressed or they're anxious, just be like, I don't know much about it, but I'm going to do my best to help you. Or take a mental note when you go home, just Google it. You know, look for something. There's so much advice online. There's so many resources for you to use to kind of understand a person's situation. Because again, many times these things are not your own doing. It's not a switch. You can't turn on and off depression and anxiety and personality disorders or such things. They're there. So educate yourself so that when you meet someone with these issues, it doesn't have to be weird. Another thing is be kind if you notice changes in their behavior. Be kind and talk about it them with kindness. Don't be rude, and as you talk to them, use open-ended questions. Don't go giving them what you think is. Don't use statements. Use questions. Be like, okay, so how do you feel? How is that affecting you? What have you done about it? What do you think is gonna help you? Do you think you're going to get better? How do you need me to help you right now? Do you want to talk about it? just them to talk about it with someone else. I noticed a very egoic thing that many of us do is like, oh, you don't talk to me. That's fine. gonna leave you alone but if someone doesn't tell you you get offended that this person didn't tell you first or didn't tell you two weeks ago you have to understand that not everyone will be open to help there's people who really think of how they're going to seem what people will think about them will it show a weakness of their character that stops so many people from openly seeking help so we need to create an environment offer encouragement offer support listen when they speak don't listen to respond don't listen to be fixing their issues just listen that some people just want to be heard and the best thing you can do is actually just try repeating the statements back to them if someone says i feel depressed because of this and this and this i feel like i don't know what to do just be like okay so you feel like you don't know what to do that will make the person know that you're listening and maybe if they see that you are listening they can open up more to different forms of help understand that it's not always gonna be Okay, fine, cool. I'm noticing a change in this person. I'm going to tell them and they're going to be okay. They're going to fix it. In an article by mentalhealth.org.uk, it says, If it is a family member or close friend you are concerned about, they might not want to talk to you. Try not to take this personally. Talking to someone you love can be difficult as they might be worried that they are hurting you. It is more important to keep being open and honest and telling them that you care. It may also be helpful to give them information of organizations or people that They can reach out to. Most often, it's not common or easy for people to seek help from your close friends or family members. That's why things like therapy or support groups are important. It's not about you. It's not a person wanting to hurt you or someone doesn't trust you or they don't want help from you. Sometimes it's much easier to get help from A stranger or in a support group of strangers or by themselves. So help is help. If you see that they don't open up to you, you can help them find a qualified professional, help them make an appointment with a therapist or a doctor. You can go with them. You can pick them up after. That's also help. That's emotional support from someone they know that's more than enough help by the way don't diagnose them or make them second guess their feelings don't belittle their feelings don't ever belittle a pain that you've never felt this is the person's pain it's not the same as how you would react so have compassion and grace for people's reactions let them share as much as they want to let them share as little as they want to even if it's just a sentence that they can share even if it's saying i'm not doing okay right now and again it's not about you or them not trusting you let them have the space to get comfortable talking to you don't go asking a thousand questions it's Very pressuring, by the way. Take your time. Talk to them slowly. Don't diagnose someone. If you're not a professional, I also can't diagnose anyone, even if I'm educating myself about all these things, until the day I get a license. That is the day I can give qualified help. There's only so much you can do. There's only so much you can do. Understand that. Ask if they've received any kind of help. If they've tried anything. Mention some changes they could make. Again, gently and with kindness and love. Some forms of self-care can be a really helpful start. Some lifestyle changes can be a helpful start. Just suggest don't make them feel obligated. If you really really think that this person is a danger to themselves, call for help. This person may be mad at you, but in hindsight, you're helping them and you're doing that for them. You're kind of like a support system. So be good at that. I've had situations where one or two friends talk to me in the height of the moment where they're actually considering doing something that is harmful to themselves. And the first thing is to be calm yourself. Listen, ask questions, help them talk about it and get it out there. As What do you need right now? Just tell me what you need right now. Can I help with that? Ask if they've already hurt themselves. If they've already hurt themselves, give them first aid. Give them care. Don't shame them. Listen. Avoid confrontation and avoid busting things like down the throat. Call for help. Urge them to seek help. You can also tell them, "I know you're not gonna like this, but I'm gonna call someone to come and help you." So yeah, suicide is real, and some people never even say it. Some people do. Some people talk to someone before they do it. So that phone call could be really important. I leave a list of resources that I found, of course, for Kenya that help with free counseling, free therapy services. Some of them offer paid services but i'll leave some few numbers for suicide hotlines that are available 24 7 not just for someone who's a victim but also if you are a friend of a victim or a family member of a victim they also offer those services again circling back to taking care of yourself as you hold emotional space know your limits as well because you tend to process this pain of the person close to you, just like your own. And you also need to recharge your emotional energy. You also need to recover from it. Like parents feel the pain of their children. If your partner or your spouse is going through something, you also tend to feel their pain. So also know that as you hold space, you also need to recharge your emotional energy so you can show up better always remember to wear your oxygen mask first that's now gonna be a metaphor for taking care of yourself we're adding more to the encounters dictionary guys so yeah that's part one we're going to come back to this someday but i hope that this has offered you some light so don't forget to go out there be kind to yourself first before you're kind to others it's okay to have these issues just know that and yeah take it a day at a time and just because you may have a mental health condition doesn't mean you're less than doesn't mean you're half a person or you're weak take your time to check in on yourself and check in on others i hope this helped you i hope you took something (laughs) the end segment of the episode the affirmation I have two affirmations. I take care of myself first so I can take care of those around me better. I take care of myself first so I can take care of those around me better. I allow myself to go through difficult moments just like the good moments. I allow myself to go through difficult moments just like the good moments. Pause, say that to yourself. Then carry on getting. Then the gratitude. I was gonna give a gratitude, but I just thought interesting thing is that most therapists and psychologists recommend keeping a list of gratitudes as one of the very first steps to recovery. So I just want you to take a moment. To say or write a thank you letter to yourself, to your mind, to your heart, for all your thoughts and for all your emotions. Just take a moment, write down a list of things you're grateful for on your phone, on a piece of paper, on a text or just say that I'm grateful for myself, for my mind. For my heart, for all the emotions and thoughts that run through me and for everything around me. That would be different for you. My encounter of the week was supposed to be about the hike. But as I said, the way my life has been set up this week, I haven't been able to go yet. I don't like not doing the things I said I'd do. Probably next week. You know, that's actually me not having an encounter of the week. But I'll explain I promise. And for the game, it's an interesting one this time. In light of the topic of the episode, I chose to do Achivia. I found this random trivia. A trivia is just like questions. It's a random generator. It gives you random trivias. So I chose science. I did like two of them. So it gives you a set of questions. I'm going to let it randomly generate a trivia for me and I'm going to answer this a science trivia. And if I get them wrong, I'm going to be honest and give this part in. So here we go. First question is, what type of number has no factor other than one and itself? A prime number. Correct. Second question, what animal always gives birth to same-sex twins i don't know Hmm. answer is an armadillo i don't even know what that animal is what is the temperature at which dew forms called condensation point dew point correct the protein that makes blood red in color is hemoglobin correct which part of the body does the adjective renal refer to the kidneys correct what does breaking the sound barrier cause noise a sonic boom, okay. What pigment makes plants green? Chlorophyll, correct. What are animals with backbones called vertebrae? Correct. What are the gases that surround the earth called the atmosphere? Correct. What are the names of the five levels of the earth's atmosphere? I don't know all of them, but I'm just going to say troposphere, stratosphere, mesosphere, exosphere. I only know four. Um. Yeah, okay. Atmosphere. Thermosphere. Those are ten. There's many, many, many many, but those are ten. I just answered ten sounds questions. I don't know how many I got correct. So yes, that's it for this episode, guys. Thank you if you made it here. The secret emoji is a brain, of course, in light of this episode's topic. Send me a brain. Thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who sends me the secret emoji. I appreciate it. It really it like makes me feel like wow you really did listen and pay attention and you went the extra mile to send that emoji so I can know that you listened thank you so much and that's it rewind if you need it listen to this again if you need it send it to someone who needs it practice something from this episode write that letter to yourself leave a rating a review if you want if you really want subscribe so you can know when new episodes are out and check out the instagram page at encounters for more fun yeah fun yes okay talk to you next tuesday bye